0: Welcome back to American Graffiti One Song at a Time. I'm your DJ, Doris, and today my guest is Nile. Hey, Nile!
1: Hey! Coming in at you over the airwaves here. Yeah! vain attempt at doing an american dj <laughs>
0: but i'm also not an american dj so never mind
1: oh it's fine <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: all pretending here you're a um veteran podcaster minute by minute podcaster yourself right
1: uh well i've never heard it referred to in, in that way but i guess yeah I think th- three seasons under my belt now of that minute yeah uh, so i guess that is a veteran
0: that's two and a half seasons more than I have on my, under my belt, so...
1: But I guess if you've recorded one minute, then it's like, no, you're a veteran now. You, you, you've you done it at least <laughs> once.
0: What is the length of the average Movies by Minute podcast? Uh, 120 episodes?
1: I think that's about what we do, yeah. You always get to that 90... The 90 episode mark, and you're like, some films would be done by 90 minutes, but we got another goddamn 40-odd minutes to go.
0: Yeah, so I, I guess after you hit the 90-minute mark, you are a veteran podcaster.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> okay, so... Today's song, one song at a time, today's song is Maybe Baby by the late great Buddy Holly. Any thoughts on that song?
1: Uh, Let me tell you, rock and roll's been going downhill since Buddy Holly died. Uh. Uh, Ah, of course,
0: you gotta come in with a direct quote from the film, (laughs) yeah!
1: This is one of those things, though, like, you know, I'm a fan of old music like this, but uh, the ideal guest for this would have been, like, my dad, because he was... Like, he's a rock and roll guitar player from the 1960s himself. wow. So he, like, if I hear anything like this, and particularly just see anything from this movie, even though culturally, you know, the US in the 1960s is very different from Ireland in the 1960s and, you know, the UK area in the 1960s. Yeah,
0: n- never mind Germany in the 1960s, although I wouldn't know I wasn't born yet. <laughs> <laughs> I probably know more about that kind of music than my dad would, because he was not a rebellious teenager as far as I could gather. Mm. Who knows?
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is, my dad would just be like, he could tell you everything about this song. Like, he, he's one of those kind of guys who just has that, like, encyclopedic knowledge of music where, as it's, it's, it's any song that's been released in his lifetime almost (laughs) like you could mention like some random obscure band from like the mid to late 1980s that like charted at number 80 or something like that and he'd be like oh yeah i know them and start like he'll just start rattling off facts about them (laughs) like okay i don't know i just have you picked all this stuff up man (laughs) good for you but yeah no i'm pretty sure he used to be in a kind of like a a rock and roll three piece back with his brothers Uh, and i'm fairly certain they used to cover a lot, of, a lot of Buddy Holly back in the day, so um, I would always have affiliations. Plus, he, you know, he had the hair and he had the glasses too. Uh, so I guess I would just affiliate all this with with him.
0: Okay, of course it is uh, very easy to kind of romanticize the Buddy Holly and his music. There is not mu- too much of it left, right? He yeah. had a very short career, ended in a tragic death.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I rewatched this week because I hadn't seen it in years. The Buddy Holly story. Have you ever seen it yourself?
0: I've seen it. I, I guess it was on TV, like, years ago.
1: Because mm, it's, mm. It, it's bizarre casting, because it's Gary Busey playing Buddy Holly, which I guess well, at the time they were just like, oh, yeah, whatever. But, like, if you pitch that yeah, now, ma- people are maybe,
0: like... May, yeah, maybe we should forget Gary Busey of today. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Because so, have so, 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 so seen Buddy Holly, he's like, yeah, he looks like an ordinary kind of guy, and then you see Gary Busey, he's like, he looks like a deranged maniac. He's about to like eat your face off. Like he he looks crazy, and yeah. he's like, his Buddy Holly is just like, oh yeah, he seems like he he will kill you, like if, if you give him the opportunity.
0: Okay, maybe I might give that a rewatch. <laughs> oh. One of these days, I don't
1: know. Well, will be fair, though, it's it, appropriate for this section because within that movie as well is Charles Martin Smith. He plays one of the crickets.
0: Then we should definitely give it a rewatch because across a connection to our movie, that
1: yeah. is a must. Yes, and I, I actually watching it too because he plays. It's like a, I think he had to do, play like a. They had to fictionalize the crickets basically because I think the two real life guys gave their name. Or their likeness rights or something to another Buddy Holly movie, so they have oh. to call them like I think Charles Martin Smith plays someone called Ray Bob, and <laughs> we just like to give him the most kind of hillbilly ish kind of name possible.
0: Very Walton's,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But as you're watching it, you are kind of like, Why isn't he playing Buddy Holly? He, he kind of looks like the part, and apparently he did audition for it. But I don't know, maybe Gary Busey freaked out the casting people, and they're like, We better give it to him because he looks like he'll do something if we don't give it to him. <laughs>
0: Maybe I'm confusing the Buddy Holly with story with the other movie, What's-His-Face, um, The One Who Married His Cousin.
1: Oh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Exactly. Yeah. I might be, actually
0: be confusing these movies.
1: I think with Buddy Holly's love life was much less unquestionable uh, yeah. in- in or insidious, yeah. depending on how you look at that.
0: A lot less time for scandal, though.
1: Mm, Although yeah. I heard mm. the
0: big bopper, maybe more, more scandal. <laughs> okay, so Maybe Baby was recorded in uh, 1957. So it is one of the older, in quotation marks, songs in this film. And it was actually recorded while they were doing a tour and it was recorded on an Air Force base in Oklahoma.
1: Oh. It's also weird to think of some of these things on like the fly. They're like these, you know, yeah. iconic recordings that will last, you know, the rest of like, oh, how you know, how many years has that been now? Like 70 odd years. And still sounds perfect when you hear it. But it's like, yeah, they just record that quickly on an Air Force base yeah. while they're on tour. Some
0: back room. <laughs> like after, after the show they played that night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like I mean, you hear like the, um, like the Beach Boys Recording of Barbara Ann, and it's clearly recorded at like a party or something. This is like yeah, this recorded this this single at a party, and that was just like this classic song that everybody remember. like it's still acclaimed to this day. it was like yeah, I just did it one night, and there there you go, not that much effort put into it.
0: I think if you listen to the lyrics, kind of reflect Terry's thoughts in that minute or in that scene. Yeah, because of course maybe baby, I'll have you. Yeah, she is Debbie is his dream girl, and right now she's not too impressed with him yet. Except yeah. for the car,
1: I got maybe, maybe I'll have you if I can just get some old Harper, <laughs> basically. Uh,
0: yeah, a pint of old Harper, <laughs> and this is not going so well. The old Harper here.
1: No, no, no. I thought to say too, I was a bit perplexed by the the signs outside because yeah. you got like one of those like special wetsuits.
0: Yeah, I guess it's for the surface, right?
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It, okay. It, so it's a liquor store. It's gelarious liquor store, and it's a bait and tackle shop, and you can buy wetsuits there. <laughs> Although I didn't see any wetsuits when uh, Terry actually goes inside.
1: That would have been a good scene, though, if he came out and <laughs> he had a wetsuit with him. That was one of the things he randomly picks up.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, of course Terry trying to get some liquor to impress Debbie. He is underage, so he doesn't have ID yet.
1: Yeah. So he
0: tries to get the customers to buy him alcohol. And he doesn't have too much luck with it.
1: Have you ever been in this position yourself, Doris? Like back when you when you were younger? Did you Were you ever the person who had to go in for kids? Or did you ever get an older person to, to go in for you?
0: Uh, thing is, here in Germany, getting alcohol is not that difficult. Oh. First of all, you can buy it at every supermarket. There are specialized liquor stores, of course. But um, it's not that you have to go to one to get your booze. You can buy them at every supermarket, the really hard stuff like Old Harper, I don't actually never heard of it <laughs> mm. but I guess it's it's bourbon or something someone someone correct me if I'm wrong I don't know
1: I looked up old Harper to see if it's like a thing you can buy and it kept linking me to IW Harper which I guess maybe that was like the closest like maybe George Lucas it was gonna be IW Harper and they're like we can't get permission to use that so just call it very old very
0: Harper. likely that it's yeah. a made-up uh, brand yeah well you, you can get that only if you're 18 in Germany, not 21 like in the US 18 but I guess it would have been 18 in in the US at that point in time as well because the 21 thing I think only started in the
1: 80s I've, I've always been we have similar rules here, where it's like eighteen, and basically, you know, I'm coming from Ireland. Not to not to fall it too far into the stereotype, but like people start drinking when they're about fifteen, like, <laughs> in that country. Like yes,
0: same thing here. You can you can buy beer at um, sixteen, beer and wine at sixteen,
1: yeah, no problem. Yeah. I think I I used to have, but well, I never asked anyone to go in for me because I just I don't like having to negotiate with people that way. But I have I've had to be the person to go in to get stuff for like younger kids. And it was never usually booze. It was always cigarettes. For some reason that was always mm. a, a tougher thing to get past the, the the clerks and stuff.
0: Well, we have cigarette uh, vending machines on the street. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they are on street corners. And when I was a kid, you just, I remember because back then my dad smoked and I had to get cigarettes for him very often. Uh, he just gave me a couple of coins that go around the corner. Uh, get me a couple of cigarettes. You just put your money and you pulled it out. There you went.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> now, Nowadays, you have to put your, um, either your bank card or your, um, your ID card into it. So it will check your age. So now it is 18 and up as well. It's more okay. difficult, but the vending machines are still there.
1: I also remember going to Amsterdam and them having like food, random food in the walls, which I always thought was like you go into places and just like yeah, fried food that was just in the in the walls of like train stations and stuff that you just put in like a euro and it came out. I remember going in with my friends because we didn't we didn't speak the language. <laughs> We're like, what even is this? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just eating Cat random cakes. stuff. It was some kind of, I think it was like a, some kind of fried batter that it had like peanut butter inside it or something. It was it was very strange, but it was quite nice to be fair. But
0: Yeah, the Dutch, they like their fried food. They do. But I think if you want to really go to um, vending machine heaven, you have to go to Japan.
1: Oh, I've never, I've never been.
0: Me neither, but I'd like to. Okay, so we're in Gelardi's liquor store and bait shop and wetsuit shop, obviously. We're here at the Wolfman on the radio outside. Yeah. And Terry is talking to a really respectable-looking older gentleman who calls him "son."
1: I, I really enjoy the the hard edit. Yeah. Of because it it's, it really emphasizes like how jarring it is then for Terry because he's like he, he's so cool about it and he's just like oh sir and then he just kind of realizes like oh this guy is way way too respectable <laughs> for me yeah, to try to pull this off.
0: This is my father. Like
1: yeah yeah. There's, like not a he's never hell, gonna get me. That's never, never gonna
0: happen yeah so he just asked him the time
1: i, think, uh, I looked up this guy too because it's like you know some of my favorite parts of the movies by minutes things like oh what were these random bit yeah. players in
0: central casting
1: yeah <laughs> uh, this guy is joe mixack uh-huh. I think he came to acting very late in life. A lot of his st- stuff seems to be around like, you know, within twenty years of this. And there's not actually that much of it.
0: Maybe he just came into his face very late.
1: Could be. Could he, be.
0: He he has this very um I don't know, yeah, respectable looking older gentleman vibe about him. I'd
1: actually say the say the same for um, Charles Martin Smith because you see him nowadays, right now. I mean, he's, yeah, right yeah, he's now. As an, an old man, he's like, oh, he's not too too bad looking a guy, but like, but but yeah, he back was then.
0: eighteen back then. He was yeah. really eighteen back then. Hard to believe.
1: But he just like, he had such a gawkiness that lasted with him throughout. Like, but as soon as the hair completely went, it's like, oh no, he looks much better now. Like he just yeah. sort of looks, you know, he, he grew up into it, I guess. But yeah, this fella, he, he was in Pal Joey with Frank Sinatra, Magnum Force, and Escape from Alcatraz. So I guess like friends with. Clint Eastwood maybe I don't know if he's like oh get give me that guy back he was great good face though but he's got the, apparently I, I love this thing they used to do I'm sure they still do it now but it was much more common back then to have like a, a long running show that would have the same actor come back to play multiple parts and no one would say anything so like he, apparently he was in Streets of San Francisco as six different people over oh, the wow. course of that show
0: <laughs> six different people is a lot
1: yeah yeah. I mean
0: having people on for like two different parts with seven of years or seasons in between but six wow that that's a feat
1: the most baffling bit of it now that i can remember is deadwood which is like 2011 you know early 2000s yeah but like they they had a a main character in one of the seasons and then he died and the next season they brought the back the actor back as a different main character <laughs> and nobody said anything and i was sitting watching like am i am i having like a brain hemorrhage or something like why what? that's the same that's the same actor but
0: just happens to look like him
1: <sighs> yeah and I, I was kind of sitting, was like, is he supposed to be his brother or something was like, no they're just like we really like those actors and we brought him back <laughs>
0: Yeah, why not? I mean, they, they were, um it's quite usual that when one actor leaves or dies, you'll recast the role with a different person. Mm. I know in soaps they used to have this voiceover, the character of so-and-so is now played by so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah, why not do it the other way around? <laughs> Kill this character off. Bring the actor back for someone completely different. Why not? I mean, Deadwood—they were doing things differently back then.
1: I think yeah, they had this—the the last gasp of that era where like people weren't watching these things obsessively. So I think now, like they did it with doctor who where like peter capaldi was in doctor who as a as a character and then
0: he Mm, was a a doctor
1: yeah yeah but they had to address that in the show as like well people are going to know it's the same guy so we have to have a reason why he now has this guy's face whereas yeah back then people weren't like you know even like way back in the 70s i guess you didn't have like even video recorders or anything to like watch these things over and over again so exactly If, like, Pat Hingle shows up on five episodes of of Murder, She Wrote as a different guy each time, no one's going (laughs) to bat an eye to it. They're like, did I see that guy? Ah, he's just, like, some old white guy. Like, he just looks like they have old white guys on the show every week. He's probably just one of them.
0: You didn't have the recording equipment. You couldn't stream stuff. People were not on the internet not even in chat groups back then, obsessing over over stuff and maybe they had some hand typed scenes of something, but fan culture was way, way, way more low key back then, I think.
1: I'm hoping that there's like a, a Streets of San Francisco rewatch podcast going on and every time Joe Mixac shows up they're like, Hey he's back. <laughs> <And it's> like- <laughs> They give him a little jingle if every time he shows up. If,
0: if there isn't one already, we should start one. <laughs> 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 I mean, we had this Columbo Renaissance going yeah, on. Yeah,
1: yeah. One Michael Douglas is still with us too. He's like, hey, if you want it, I'll bring it back. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to start in streets of San Francisco again.
0: Okay, so um, Terry backs off, and then comes this. The script calls him bum and mm. wino, which is rather um
1: rude. See, yeah, I I was affronted by this too. In the IMDb, he is bum at liquor store, and it's yeah. like he's a bit scruffy, yeah. But like the fact that we get a backstory for this guy, kinda, in the fact like we know that his wife is dead, So yeah. it's like it's a bit heartless to be. Yeah, he he
0: looks more like a person who had a rough life.
1: Yeah, it's just very cold that they're just like you know this guy. We don't know how you know how his life's been this past. while they just to dismiss him as a bum. <laughs> yeah. Although technically, I guess you could say that of any bum, where you're just like, well, we don't know their story, so. I guess you shouldn't really call anybody that if you're, like, it's so dismissive.
0: And we'll call him Wino, which is just slightly less, less yes. rude.
1: <laughs>
2: okay,
0: uh, of course he, he buys wine. <laughs> <laughs> the scene uh, Terry seems very confused, but because I lost my ID in a flood. Who comes up with that?
1: That's the thing, because I, I like this scene, and I like this joke, but it's a little almost too cute for its own good, because it has to hinge on the way he pronounces... ID, which everyone would say, you know, emphasis like, oh, ID. But he goes, oh, my ID. Like, nobody says it like that.
0: (laughs) And then, of course, how could uh, Terry know that the guy would reply, well, I lost my wife too, but her name wasn't ID. (laughs) (laughs) this joke only works with the reply
1: I think I'll, I'll give it to them as well uh, uh, as it being like well Terry is very flustered so maybe he's just trying to get the words out and he would never normally say ID but he's just like oh yeah uh, 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 my ID like it just it kind of spills out of him so that, that's to make the joke work it's like okay I'll give you that Lucas alright <laughs>
0: okay so the guy agrees to buy him a pint of Old Harper he takes Terry's money and do you think he does it on purpose leaning through the back door and, and um, just buying wine For himself, or is it just because he immediately forgot Terry when he walked into the
1: store? Oh, I think it's innocuous. I think he's—I think the guy is just not all there, and he as soon as he walked in he probably had full intention to do this for Terry and then as soon as he saw the bottles of wine that he wanted he's like oh yeah that and then he's like okay <laughs> he just yeah. goes out about his business then
0: and he just leaves to the other side because he always does that yeah yeah I have a feeling about that as well he doesn't look like a up.
1: yeah yeah no he looks like he's he's the thing too that's why again I was so affronted at being him being called bum because he seems like such a nice guy as well so it's like yeah. well
0: just like a little bit a little bit disturbed
1: unless this was George Lucas who had gone through this exact situation and he had a harboring resentment <laughs> to like those bums who kept stealing my money every goddamn time. Well, maybe. Sure, though. This guy, though, upon seeing him, I was instantly like, oh, I bet you this guy's IMDB is going to be like rife with stuff. And he's like, going to be like, from, oh.
0: from the, the 1940s, 50s, 60s.
1: Yeah. And it's like, oh, I bet you he's been in, like, I guarantee he's been in, like, Rawhide and Bonanza and all those old westerns. Because he has an old western man kind of feel. And then you look him up and it's like, nah. no. <laughs> He's this and one other credit. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a bit of a shame.
0: Just your regular joke. Probably working in, in, in the commissary at the studio a lot.
1: <laughs> He's got like, uh, his name, George uh, George Meyer? And the only other thing he was in was actually a really good movie, um, The Candidate, with Robert Redford.
0: That is a good movie,
1: yeah. Mm, that's one, too, because uh, people who listen to Batman will know I always end up linking things back to Batman somehow. But if you're wondering why they cast like Aaron Eckhart to play Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight, and then you watch The Candidate, you're like, oh... That's what they're going for. They want to evoke Robert Redford in that movie because the two of them look loads alike and they dress alike. And the whole vibe is like, yep, there you go. It's a sort of intertextual thing about like, you know, corruption within politics and this one unflappable shining beacon and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'll I'll give that a a little plug as, as, (laughs) as a Batman connection.
0: So, so this fails. Now Terry only has one chance and he has to go in himself.
1: I I was a bit taken aback, though, by... Because he's looking in and he's like, oh, no, not wine. Like, it seems like he's got little tiny bottles of wine. And I was a bit sort of like, well, usually wine's...
0: Yeah, it, it didn't look like wine to me either, but maybe they sold wine like that.
1: I think the only thing I could think of is that... Because you don't usually get ball, bottles of wine. It would be like, oh, a, a bottle of wine, a big thing that you like serve at dinner parties and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and usually the cheaper the wine, the bigger the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so teeny tiny bottles. I, I, I've never seen that before.
1: But the only thing that reminded me of one thing... In particular, in my hometown, the drink of choice for underage kids, the thing Terry would have been going for if he lived in my hometown was a thing called Buckfast, which is a Scottish drink. Actually, just it's very popular in Scotland. I think maybe that's why I'm a It's actually, uh, it comes from Buckfast Abbey, which is down in the south of England. Because yeah, I've been there myself. It's basically a tonic wine, which comes in like either a big bottle or little bottles like that. And the reason it's in little bottles is because it's like 15% and it's jam-packed with caffeine so it's designed to basically get you completely obliterated and make sure that you have the energy to keep going the entire night Uh, and that's why all the kids (laughs) drink it because
0: is it supposed to be a, a drink like a drink drink or is it a tonic for like medicinal purposes
1: I think it has specific notes on the bottle saying it is not for <laughs> medicinal purposes. Okay. I think that it's become infamous now because uh, I think they did a study a few years back where they look at fights on the street in Scotland and they said the glass used, is the most frequent glass used is buckfast bottles because people are drunk on it and end up smashing it and trying to kill each other with it. And okay, stuff.
0: so it's a really cheap and fast way to get smashed.
1: But then, yeah, the thing is, it's not even all that cheap either. <laughs> I think it was just the, the drink of preference, but it's, it's, yeah, and it's horrible as well. It tastes like this really sickly treacle. And I haven't drank it myself in about 14 odd years because one weekend we did, and like, it just messes with your system. And I was just getting, I was getting to that point in my 20s where I was like, I can't keep doing this, Four. man. Like, it's just, yeah, I believe you. Yeah, so it's, it, it, it's one of those things, try it once, and then walk away. Although it's weird, though, when you go to Buckfast Abbey, because it's made by Benedictine monks in this abbey. And when you're down there, it's this lovely lovely church and you know very serene you know, surrounding area there's a little monastery and stuff and it's so quiet there and you're like as you're walking through it's like do these people have any idea of like the chaos that the thing they make here has wrought <laughs> out in the actual world or are they just completely blissful? You just like oh yes we make a a wonderful drink that apparently people enjoy
0: <laughs> they just appreciate the revenue <laughs> count your blessings Well, when I was a kid, let's say a teenager, back in the early 80s, our drink of choice really was wine. Oh, The cheap, sweet Italian bubbly like Asti Ah, and Lambrusco.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Because, yeah, wine you could buy at that age. I know the the teens nowadays, they they go for the vodka and vodka orange juice and and stuff. They really blow their heads out. I feel, of course, it could be nostalgia or we were just a really boring crowd. I don't know, but we were never doing the the really hard liquor.
1: I think when I was younger around terry's age and and you know slightly upwards like we used to always just go for whatever the the cheapest thing was because you know at the time we didn't have jobs we we're just kids and so it was always like lambrini was one it was always it was one of those things too they try to like market it, it as like well Lambrini's is like a girl's drink and then we all drank it because it was just like well it's got a very high alcohol percentage so <laughs> it gets mm-hmm. you wrecked like that's what that's all we were looking for at the time and then we always used to drink like like brown cider which is yeah. heavily alcoholic and nowadays i can't Touch either of those things because it, t- it takes me back to a time in my life where it's like that was horrible. Like that was
0: also mostly really sweet.
1: Yes. Because when so. you
0: when you start drinking alcohol, usually you don't like the taste of alcohol really. Yeah. So you go for the really sweet stuff.
1: I enjoyed it at the time, but nowadays it's like if I was offered any, I am like, nah, I can't. We have can't
0: more refined taste nowadays.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like...
0: So, Terry. He now has to kind of pretend he actually wants to buy stuff.
1: I love when he goes into like the, the, there's like a judgmental deer head on the wall, just staring at him. Like all eyes are on him as soon as he walks in, even the yes, dead deer.
0: Yes, maybe. Uh, well, nowadays probably there would be a CCTV camera hidden in that deer. <laughs> 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 all right. So what is he buying? He's buying a comb. Yes. And we actually see him combing his hair outside the liquor store mm. because he has this very weird hairdo.
1: This this is a thing like I've. Before even coming on the show, like, previous times I've watched American Graffiti, I've just been like, what is up with this guy's hair? Like, it's...
0: It's really short on top, and it's long and slicked back on the sides. I don't want to know what his hair looks like in the morning.
1: See, I, I, I looked it up, because I was like, this has... It has to have been a thing. Like, you know. Probably. And apparently it's called a flat top with fenders.
0: Well, fits fits the theme of the movie,
1: though. Yeah, it's like oh, these these kids—they love their damn cars. It's like oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah they've got fenders in the side. But yeah, it's such a bizarre thing because it's like I guess maybe it only lasted for a little bit, and you go on Google and there's loads of you know photographs of people who have better versions of it than than Terry does. But it's it's such a weird thing because it's like really short on top and then long long enough that will like flop down at the sides if it's not slick back. It's like it's almost like a like an aliens haircut now. <laughs> like I don't I can't imagine anybody would want to have that. But. Yeah.
0: And- Charles Martin Smith. I read that he was really embarrassed to, to walk around with that kind of hair. <laughs> <laughs> so he was wearing a hat when I was shooting.
1: If, uh, don't I don't blame him. Like I think I'll be one of those things. Where, like as soon as this, as soon as the shoot's done, this is all getting cut. This is all <laughs> getting the hell off my head. But I guess too, it's just a sign to make like yeah, Terry, a guy who's trying to look cool, and this would be the hair a fashionable haircut for a cool guy, and it just does not look right on him at well, all. Well,
0: everything he does is trying to be cool, and he never quite manages it. Yeah. He's
1: yeah. just not that type of person. That was weird. This way, like it's only through doing this because I knew like Charles Martin Smith, like oh that's the guy I did like friggin' you know he's in the Untouchables and, and yeah you know, Starman stuff. Looked up, was like oh yeah. I know he directed a few things, but I had no idea like he directed the pilot episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ew and it was I, was I was i was like how how is this not common knowledge? like that this guy this actor he made the first episode of buffy <laughs> it's like
0: so the first episode of of the series not the one off movie that happened before
1: oh no no not the not the, the Kirsty swanson one from way back when no like literally like the the first you know Sarah michelle geller the whole gang their first episode directed by terry from american graffiti it was like Whoa! What? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he did that. did a couple. Uh, he did Air Bud as well. the The basketball playing dog movie. That
0: was him. Very, very diverse choices.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: this, this is all to me it's like this is, and I think he's done a couple of talking animal movies. He did something called A Dog's Way Home, and then A Gift from Bob, which is about the cat called Bob, which apparently is an English celebrity cat. If John was here, my co-host, they'd be able to tell you <laughs> all about this cat because John's much more into cats than yeah. I am. Yeah. Drew. Yes, yes. Oh, the, the, uh, the Drew got a plug while he was on the show?
0: Drew got a
2: plug, yes. <laughs> no, of course,
1: of course. It's like, well, it's, I always dread any time a Batman a guest has a cat because I was like, oh, God, this conversation is going to get derailed to <laughs> John and the guest is talking about cats for 20 minutes.
0: Okay, we're going to move on from the cat. Okay, he's buying batteries, <laughs> mm-hmm. which he's going to need later. He's buying jerky.
1: Also gets um and this this spawned a conversation for me earlier today, where he gets a three musketeers, which is one bar. Yeah, the chocolate bar I always hear about in American movies.
0: Yeah, I've I've never seen one myself either.
1: That's the thing, too. Cause it's one of those things of like, oh, you always hear about like a, a baby Ruths and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, we don't get those over here.
0: We don't get those over here either.
1: So I went to, just like, Well, what what is a what is a Three Musketeers? What am I missing out on? And this is like, oh yeah, it's like a nougaty kind of moose in like a chocolate shell in a bar. And I was like, okay, that sounds like a Milky Way. And so I said to American friends I have in like this little Facebook chat group, and I'm like, oh, is a is a do you guys have Milky Way bars? is it different to three musketeers and they're like yeah uh, a milk we do have Milky Way and it is it, it's like I think they said it's got yeah' it's caramel in it I was like oh no it's like over here a Milky Way is is like nougat and chocolate nu- nougat chocolate and caramel is a Mars bar and they're like no a Mars bar has almonds. And I was like, well, Mars bar over here is like the biggest chocolate bar you get. It doesn't have any of that in it. And so, but but it sprawled out into then finding out like, oh, so this is like a Milky Way is like a Snickers but without the nuts. And they're like, well, oh, a Snicker without the nuts is a Mars bar. <laughs> and stuff like that. I was like, why is there why are these differences? They're all the same names. Why didn't you just call them the same things and it's just every like come?
0: your your British cousin once removed.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got into a whole thing then, people going like, uh, oh, so what you know, what do you Brits have? I was like, I should say I'm Irish, I'm not British. But like, oh yeah, oh Irish, you have uh, deep fried Mars bars over. There, right? And I was like, that's Scotland. That's not Ireland for Christ. Like, oh, but what, what the hell are we even talking about anymore? It <laughs> just went on and on and on. But, like, yeah, very needlessly confusing.
2: Yeah,
0: I just noticed that it's the same over here. So the Milky Way is the fluffy nougat-y thing in the chocolate cover. So I don't know, know what a Cinemark for Bar looks like. Okay,
1: There's always a thing with the uh, the Milky. You know, you used to get little selection boxes, the little tiny Milky Ways, and yeah. my thing was as a kid was always to like try to get all the chocolate off and leave the nougat intact because it'd leave it, like a little nougat brick. And it's like it's a very very refined skill that you can <laughs> you can get get as a kid, usually over Christmas when there's loads of those boxes <laughs> lying around the house.
0: Yeah. Of course, we do not get Halloween candy.
1: Oh, don't you get Halloween candy over in,
0: in, in Germany? Well, it's starting. It's starting to be a thing here. Of course, not this year, but it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing when I was a kid.
1: I think it was maybe it's the increasing globalization via American media. Because, yeah, when I was a kid, like you had Halloween as a concept and stuff. And like kids would trick-or-treat and things, but like it wasn't a big event. Whereas I always wanted it to be because I kept seeing it on American TV shows and like, oh, this looks amazing.
0: Yeah. And then of course, Halloween is a Celtic thing. Yeah. So in, in Germany, there's no tradition of Halloween. But of course, um, anything you can make a buck from will mm. be pushed. Yeah. Because of course, if you can sell candy and if you can sell costuming and decorations, of course. So what else does he buy? Chocolate bar? Jerky? Batteries? A comb. Bottle of Old Harper, of course.
1: A pint of Old Harper, which is again now talking about like differences in American measuring systems. It's like a pint of whiskey. Ooh, (laughs) like it's so because just over here, of course. A pint is something you get in like a pub, where yeah, you know sure. it's like it's, of beer. it's yeah, yeah, it's like it's one drink, but then it's like a pint of like, essentially asking for a pint of whiskey just sounds weird to me.
0: A very small bottle, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, I suppose maybe they don't have to if it's quite strong. They don't have to be glugging it the whole time. <laughs> They're going to they like, probably little be
0: mixing it with Coca Cola.
1: Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just so odd to hear. Like it would just be like I think over here would just call it, like a small bottle. <laughs> we wouldn't specify. Oh, it's a pint bottle.
0: And then he buys a ballpoint pen. Wonder what he's going to do with that one.
1: I would love of, like, later on in the movie, there was some situation where Terry had to, like, MacGyver his way out of something. And everything he bought in the the shop suddenly made sense of, like, okay, if I attach this ballpoint pen to the batteries, then I can wrap the jerky around that and it will cause an electric charge or something like that.
0: (laughs) And the goat killer will be scared away. (laughs) uh of course he's trying all that to kind of disguise the old harper in in all of his in the stuff that he buys as in hopefully the uh, store clerk doesn't know or doesn't notice but of course never works out right ask for id anyway
1: yeah i, I think this guy is well cast too because his his eye is just so imposing
0: yes it's can i see your id guy
1: it just looks like he could he sees everything he's just the eyes most are,
0: straight-laced person ever
1: yeah, yeah. This guy is my other Batman connection, actually, weirdly, too, because his name is William Nevin, uh, and he's only been in, like, a couple of other things, but um, he's in uh, this, in something called The Beachcomber uh, as Man with Guitar, which I think was a TV show.
0: Man with Guitar. Somehow that just doesn't compute in my brain right now. <laughs> this person, who I wouldn't have been surprised who said, oh, it's just a real store owner. Mm.
1: Yeah. They're just like, this guy who just happened, he owned the shop to that we're
0: filming and he agreed to do it. I wouldn't mm. have been surprised if that had been a real person. Yeah. So this person now playing man with guitar.
1: But he's also in uh, What's Up Doc, which is the Peter Bogdanovich Lovely. classic. Uh, great movie. And that movie also stars, of course, Ryan O'Neill, Barbara Streisand, and Michael Murphy, who plays the mayor of Gotham in Batman Returns. Wow. Uh, a guy Six we, uh,
2: degrees
0: of Batman.
1: Yeah. We been talked been about there. that guy a bunch during that season. So
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: So as we said in Batman, it's hashtag everything's connected.
0: Everything is connected. Yeah, I forgot my ID in the car. Well, you're going to have to go and get it. I forgot the car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good cut. It's just like, yeah, you're that's, coming back. I that forgot commentary. the car. Do you think the guy is buying it in any... Is he like, yeah, this is just a young looking man of over 21. Or is he already like, all right, kid, I know what this is. Like, you, this is, You're clearly trying to he's pull the wall He's not buying it for
0: a second. Because, of course, he's seen Terry outside. Yes. He's oh, seen that's true. Him, he's seen him talking to a now? So, what I'm gonna do? If you can show me ID, I'm gonna sell it to you, but otherwise, I don't believe the thing you say.
1: yeah, so the tra- tragedy of uh of Terry once more. I do have a friend of mine. It was the same age as me, so we're like thirty three now, and like about two years ago. He's got such a baby face. He still gets ID'd like all the time.
0: I was ID'd until I was like twenty-five.
1: Oh. sometimes, yeah. You know, sometimes you always think like, oh, it's a compliment. It's like, no, it's not. It's always annoying. It depends.
0: It depends. Um, when you're actually over eighteen and you get ID'd all the time, it's not a compliment. But once you're getting close to thirty, it starts to feel like a compliment again. Oh,
1: okay. See, I, th- I think I've always just got like an old-looking vibe about me because I've, never... I've been at ID'd a couple of times. But well, that's the thing though, because this friend of mine too very badly receding hairline. And then he went in, he had a, a hat on, and the guy was just like, oh, can I see some ID? And he just took off his hat. And he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> just <laughs> instantly aged him about 10 years.
0: But then, of course, I had classmates who were practically bald by, by the age of 20.
1: Oh, that's that's where I was at. Yeah, I was like, I remember at 18, going to university and people looking at my hair, I'm like, Are you, is your hair thinning already? <laughs> it's like, yes, family tradition. So, yeah, think about 20 it's, Yeah, so the, by, by the time I was... Twenty. You think I just shaved it all off? was like this can't be bothered anymore. Yeah, Too much ha- worry. Happened
0: to Charles yeah,
1: yeah. And like, yeah, it worked out perfectly for him, so
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Got a plum job directing Airbud and the pilot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer because of that hair hair loss. So.
0: I mean, I don't have any opinion about Airbud because I've never seen it, but I mean Buffy the Vampire Slayer cult.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Classic. Up until very recently, acclaimed by everyone. Now it's gonna got a slight mark against his name due to recent events. But still, as a as a piece of work, yeah. very very good. And uh, yeah, Charles Martin Smith. I surprise surprised like, You think if you got a, a a gig directing a pilot, you'd be like, "Do you want me back for any of the rest of it?" I'm <laughs> like, "No." They made like seven seasons of that thing. Never came back. So
0: they weren't very confident in in, in the show at the beginning, huh?
1: I guess. I guess not. Or maybe just not. Maybe they're like, he was riding high on air, but after he's like, "I ain't going back to TV." <laughs> it's all all. Dog basketball movies all the time for Charlie and Martin Smith. We found out that, that thing a dog's journey. I actually did see a little bit of that over Christmas because I was watching it in my um, my sister in law's house, and I was just like, "What is this? Jesus, this looks awful." Because it's just like one of these, like you know, it's a dog walking across the country and a Get voiceover back
0: to his. Uh... Family.
1: That's exactly. Have, have yeah, you seen it yourself? before? Really, no,
0: but Dog's Journey. I imagine that is the story. Dog tries to get back to his family. and It's a really real tearjerker.
1: That is exactly. Holiday.
0: What it family. Is, yeah. Saturday afternoon film.
1: The thing is, as I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is appalling!" Like, "This is such made-for-TV dreck." And it was like Bryce Dallas Howard doing the voice of the dog, and there's like quite a few big actors in it. It's like. Oh, it was, uh, Ashley Judd was the star. It's like, oh, so this is actually like reputable. I was, a lot of people just like dogs, so they're like, yeah if, you, yeah. if you make a dog movie, people will want to watch it, and people will want to be in it. So you'll you'll get the big names in.
0: Doesn't mean it's a good movie, though.
1: No, no. no, no, no.
0: <laughs> there are bigger names attached to movies with dogs that are really, really bad movies. So. <laughs> Well, ever since I got a dog, I cannot watch this kind of movie anymore because it leaves me in a a really wet, soppy puddle on the floor afterwards, no matter how bad the movie is.
1: And that was the thing, like, because I've never been, like, a dog person. I've never owned one. But I do know, like, one of my best friends, he's, just, like, oh, he's had dogs his entire life. And then he was talking about, like, oh, have you ever seen Marley and Me? And I was, like, I don't want to watch that for and He's, like, it's the most emotionally devastating movie you'll it ever is. watch. <laughs> but I'm, like, what the freaking Owen Wilson, Jennifer Aniston things? Like, yeah. It's not about them. It's about the dog.
0: For a dog person, these movies are actually, if you're in a good mood, they're hard to bear. But if you're depressed, they drive you to suicide. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so be glad that you're not a dog person so you're not as affected
2: <laughs>
0: okay so how did we get there <laughs> Charles <laughs> Martin Smith directing,
1: directing the dog movies
0: exactly any last thoughts on this scene
1: uh, not particularly Um, only other notes I had was because I rewatched uh, the Buddy Hollywood story recently uh, to see if there's anything connected to maybe baby in there uh, it is, weirdly enough, the scene directly before the, the Crickets leave Buddy Holly. That's the last song they play. It's like, they're, they go out on a, I think they said it's the Ed Sullivan show, but now if you check the IMDb trivia, it's like, it was actually a UK TV show. And beforehand, uh, one of them accidentally kind of bumps into Buddy, and because he's got caps on his teeth, they get knocked out, and so he has to, like, glue his teeth back in with chewing gum. Oh. And so it just looks, looks really weird on TV, but he's standing playing Maybe Baby, and everyone in the booth, even in those old days of like, like late 50s TV or just like something's up with his teeth and like zooming in to be like what the hell's happening
0: <laughs> okay uh, just another tiny bit of trivia there because um, this song maybe baby Charted at number four in the UK yeah. and I think number eight or nine in the US so it was a bigger hit in the UK than in America
1: that's so weird dude. all those those old kind of songs though because they're so like embedded in cultural DNA now like I, I feel as if like you people can be born into the world and will know Buddy Holly songs already like it's so like a part of the collective consciousness it's always hard to believe like oh that wasn't like a, a number one hit for like five weeks straight or something it's like Oh, it did all right, but it wasn't like a smash or anything. It was
0: never was a number one hit anywhere, I guess.
1: It's just like that's it's crazy just to think that. It was like no, it's like one of the most fa- famous songs of all time. It's like yeah, but it was it was a hit. Like it did okay, but it wasn't like you know there, there were much much worse songs that did much much better than Maybe Baby, and it's kind of baffling to think that sometimes.
0: Definitely okay. If people wanna find out about your movies by minutes minute? Where would they find you?
1: Well, uh, yeah, you can look up Bat minutes. I would say the best thing is just to Google it, because the first thing will come up is Batman. But yeah, we're available on all good podcatchers. We are, of course, looking at the Batman movies from 1989 onwards. Uh, we've got three seasons done already, so we're just finished. Well, not just finished. Last year, we finished Batman Forever. Uh, and now we're staring down Batman and Robin.
0: The classic.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. good. Of course if you know Doris you haven't been on before, but if you do wanna if you have any opinions on Batman and Robin you'd like to voice, you're welcome to come on the show.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> and uh let's <laughs> fear really that being the one to offer people is like, oh yeah, it's the worst one, come on. <laughs>
0: Well, you just have to watch it in the right set of mind.
1: Exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, we can get us on Facebook at uh, the Bat Minute Listeners Cave, and uh, we're on Twitter, and we're on all your good podcatchers, and we have the Bat Minute on Instagram. That's where you get all our visual stuff. But yeah, that wouldn't be as good because it's a podcast, so it's all audio to get the real, the real meat of it. But yeah, you know, we're having a great old time doing it. So by all means, come on, come on down.
0: We will. If any of you out there want to get a little bit more close to the people talking about American graffiti, you can come join us in Mel's Listeners Drive In on Facebook, or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at VCR Privileges. That's our mother company, so to speak. Alright, Nile. It's been great.
1: Oh, it's been a pleasure. I'm sure when you guys are covering more American Graffiti, (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll be happy to come back.
0: I'm not sure we will, but who knows?
1: (laughs) I I don't know. If you do, I'm not too sure there'll be many people who would want to listen to anything about that. (laughs) Well, it it still has to I'm sure it it does. Plus it has Terry back. He's back, baby.
0: He's really fast, isn't he?